This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We hear a lot of pitches on this show. I mean, no surprise there. It's the name of the podcast. But the entrepreneurs who come on this show, they're pitching more than just a business idea. They're pitching their dream. Because when you run a small business, you're putting your whole self into it. State Farm gets that. And they work with small business owners across the country to help create personalized plans that are built for their small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. I'm Josh Muccio, and from Gimlet Media, this is The Pitch, where real entrepreneurs pitch to real investors. Hey, I'm Charles. Nice to meet you, Max. Hi there. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. In the pitch room today is founder Max Tuchman. She's here to ask for $500,000 for Caribou, an app that lets parents and kids read together when they're apart. Max has a lot to feel confident about walking in the room today. Her startup is young, but in many ways, it's already marked for success. A few months ago, she did a small $100,000 round and quickly oversubscribed it. Caribou is starting to receive a lot of press, and Max recently won the Mother of Invention Award from Toyota. Pitching VCs can be a bit like swimming upstream sometimes, but Max is headed into this pitch with a lot of momentum. Here's who she needs to convince. I'm Jillian Manis. Jillian is a partner at Structure Capital and an angel investor on the side. I'm Charles Hudson. Charles is with Precursor Ventures, where he invests in early stage startups. I'm Nicole Verkent. Nicole runs a software company, and in her spare time, she's an angel investor. I'm Michael Hyatt. Michael built and sold two Canadian companies, and now he invests for himself. All right, let's hear the pitch. Well, I want to start um, by saying, so I'm the granddaughter of Holocaust survivors, and I'm the daughter of Cuban immigrants. Growing up because of that background, I was always told education is the only thing you can take with you when you flee. And it's the key to success and opportunity in the new country. Max was the first in her family to graduate from college. Then in 2004, she became a public high school teacher and later ran Teach for America in Miami, which is when the idea for Caribou first took root. So for me, I know the importance of early childhood literacy and focusing on building a very strong foundation from the ages of zero to seven. So I I found my co-founder and um, he had this piece of technology that I knew could help me do what I wanted to do in education. Um, So we are seeking $500,000 to change the world. Be more specific. Let me tell you about Caribou. All right. So Caribou is an education platform that helps parents, extended family, and mentors read and draw with children when they're not in the same location. Hmm. So think FaceTime Hmm. meets Kindle for kids. So basically, it's a video calling app with a little something extra. With Caribou, you're able to read a children's ebook together while on the call. You want to see it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. (laughs) Nicole and Michael volunteer to play parent and kid, and Max hands them each a tablet. Okay, okay, so I'm going to tell my Julian. child, Michael Hyatt, to read Lucas the Lion. Let's yeah, do this. and watch what's happening on your screen. Okay. Okay, uh, ready? First page. Okay, okay, Michael, let's hear it. I'm supposed to be reading, or you're <laughs> reading to me? Well, no, you're, you're supposed to either read. Way. 
right? Either yeah, way. I, absolutely, okay, so yeah. Michael, you read In your the mommy. calm shade of an old banyan tree. Oh, balanite tree. Yeah, fail. Can we give him an F? <laughs> so Michael, do you want to press on oh. one of the um, places? Yeah, so why don't you highlight where you're reading and just hold there? Yeah. Oh, oh. Okay. Whoa. So you can follow along over here to see where you're talking. So I say, in the calm shade of an old balanite tree, which I'm not sure what that is. And then I go, a family alliance Mm -hmm. lay happy and free. Yeah, so now you both are reading together, always on the same page, always connected in real time. But so this, like, because you'd be doing this if your child was at home, you'd be doing this sort of sitting next to them. But this is for, like, the busy mom that's traveling. Or grandma who wants to. Grandma, right. Yeah, Yeah. so that's why we say extended family, aunts, uncles. Um, We have a military initiative focused on um, currently serving military. Oh, wow. So we get... That's cool. Okay, so this is wonderful. I mean, this is a lot of fun. I could see a lot of people using this. Now, let's talk about... I feel like I'm always the bad person to ask this question, but let's talk about the business of this. It's a good sign that just a few minutes into Max's pitch, the investors are ready to get down to brass tacks and dig into the financials. Why is this an investable business? Because, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little scared that this is easy to copy. This is a great idea. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I can see so many people using this. Yeah. Okay, talk to us about why this is a great investment and and, and what happens here. Yeah. Um, so let me start with, uh, we have already, we've been generating revenue since day one. Okay, wh- when it was day one? So um, we just launched subscription in August. We beta launched it. And that's a $6.99 a month subscription. So this $7 monthly subscription gets you access to Caribou's library of kids' books and unlimited use of the video calling feature. I was going to ask you mechanically, if I have extended family, is it, like, what's the unit of subscription? So if it's me and the kid, I'm guessing that's one subscription for a parent and child pair. But what happens when you add, does grandma need to be a subscriber too? Great question. So what we say is only one person in the call has to be subscribed. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Let me keep walking you through that revenue yeah, that you were asking about. That. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> we've got it. Yeah. Um, so it's six ninety nine a month. Yeah. Um, we have uh, had double digit month over month growth since August. Um, we have an eighty five percent renewal rate of our subscribers. Uh, How many subscribers? So right yeah. now we're at about one sixty. We have we were bootstrapped for a year together, and we literally like just got earned media. Um, it was incredible. We got named one of the top ten ed tech companies to watch in Forbes, and we were the early, the only early child company to be named in there. Uh, I was named the Toyota Mother of Invention. Um, so Toyota yeah. gave us a fifty thousand dollar grant, yeah. um, and gave us a twenty eighteen Toyota Camry commercial and a New York Times uh, banner ad yeah. that they ran throughout all of December. Um, so we've we've always had a, a lot of organic growth. So people are looking for this. They're literally typing in, how do I read to my kid through a video call? Back to your point. Like when you see it, you're like, obvi, right? Yeah. Um, it's obvious. Yeah. I, I can't say a bad thing about it. I guess I'm just wondering, this is so good. I mean, so is this just easily copied? Like how do you protect this? Yeah. What's so, the IP? Yeah, we're defensible in a couple of different ways. One, it is an intricate kind of uh, system that we've built to make it interactive. I would say the other thing is that we have uh, uh, relationships with over 20 publishers, Mattel, Usborn, Education.com, Santijana, mm-hmm. the world's largest Spanish language publisher. So mm-hmm. what we have with them, so back to this kind of revenue question is we have a 50-50 revenue split with our publishers. Um, so the unit economics, uh, this is a... So they get half of the $7. So it's six ninety nine a month, 30% goes to Apple, about $2. And then there's the other $4 are split, $2 to us, $2 to the publishers. 
This revenue split between Caribou and these different publishers is really the backbone of Max's business model, and building these relationships is paramount. Take Netflix, for instance. The reason Netflix is crushing it is because they put a lot of time and money into building partnerships with the studios that make movies and TV shows. Caribou is attempting to do the same thing, but with children's books. Your relationships, your your partnerships with the publishers are going to be the critical piece yeah. that's going to get you to scale. So um, I'd like to hear a little bit about how you're pitching this to the publishers and, and which publishers are you working with presently? Yeah, so it's over 20. So small and medium-sized publishers, authors, illustrators, a lot of times they actually come to us. Or I find them on Instagram because I am 100% focused on making our books more uh, diverse and making sure that we are celebrating all families and that kids see themselves in our books. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we have a lot of work to do. That's something like I just take on personally. And um, so I'm kind of looking for people and then people are reaching out to us. Those are really easy. People are so excited to have a digital strategy for their books. Any challenges on this, though? I mean, you're saying it's easy. What? Any pushback? So let me what talk about be? the larger publishers. Yes, that would be. Yeah. Nice. So okay. the so on that side, that's easy. Um, on the larger publishers, what we've found is that um, they still kind of have that mentality of we're here for revenue, um, and some of them are a little slow to move on the digital side. But we are very optimistic. Pearson, we talked to, and oh, they're Pearson. completely She's taking good. out. They're taking out their printed books and going straight to digital. Yep. Um, we also are having uh, some introductions to Scholastic who have, I've been told, wants a digital strategy. Up until now, Max has been in total lockstep with the investors. She's had an answer for every question, a solution for every problem. Now, the investors just need to buy into Max's plan for the future. How are you going to get growth going? I mean, and how yeah. long is, how far does 500,000 take you? Yeah, um, great question. So the way I see it is that we are, we, we've got product market fit. We've got a product in the market. It's generating revenue. We've got a very low CAC uh, customer acquisition cost. What's your estimate by, I give you the whole rest of this year, by December, what would your monthly uh, revenue be in, in December? About $170,000. And are you, dro- are you dropping anything to the bottom line by then? Are you probably using all that on marketing? or A lot of it, yeah. So the way that our model is built is based off of marketing spend. So that's why I'm raising the 500K right now, because I want to take this year and just really grow the company. We are the market leader right now. We want to maintain that position. Um, we are the only ones with six languages. We're the only ones with a focus on literacy, given my background. Um, we also are the only ones with the interactive drawing. Oh, okay. That's and a big one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The drawings. Yeah. Let's oh, say you get another $500,000. Who are you going to fill out on your yeah. team and what are they going to do? So the two roles we will hire for with the 500 is a head of growth and a designer. Like who's on your team now? Yeah. Um, Where are you located? We're based in Miami, Florida. Okay. Um, so we are, I call us a chihuahua team. We are tiny but mighty. Yeah. So it is. Um, oh my God. I have a chihuahua. I'm just going to say, did you research that Hyatt has a chihuahua? <laughs> She's mighty, but go on. <laughs> so uh, so right now it's just me and my co-founder. He's our CTO. I always say he builds it, I sell it. That's how we run the company. Max has been thinking lean this whole time. She built Careboot with just her and her co-founder, and she's only planning to hire two more people for now. But if she wants the company to really blow up, she might need to think a bit bigger. Yeah, have you thought about raising more, more like a million? Yeah. Like we have. Yeah. Um because it just sounds to me you <laughs> want two senior hires 
And I think you're a little bit off on your math on how much you have there net and you don't and know your LTV. And if you get one of these big contracts, you're actually going to need to even hire more. Yeah. So you're not really leaving yourself for a buffer. But I also, it's very interesting, and this is this is data. This is not me. This is not my opinion. But interestingly enough, women always ask for less. Women founders always ask for less. It's not a lack of confidence. It is something else, and we're all trying to dissect this. Yeah. But... Um, always ask for a bit more because you're going to have to start hiring many more people um, than, you know, just these two. Absolutely. And I think that's always been, so I think that is, and and all the research. Just a raise to raise. Yeah. 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 And, and, and you can really burn a company that way, right? By raising too much. So so let's say that what she said is so bang on. Yeah. Right dead on. And so, because what founders do all the time, they raise money and they spend it and they could have spent it so much smarter. Oh, yeah. So, you are a passionate, smart founder, and I think you're you know, creatively bringing it together. But who's going to help you say, I've been there, done this to this rodeo. Yeah. I'm going to grow a business. So the person you have not outlined for me is say, I'm going to bring this person on, help me build this business. Who's your business builder person? So that to me is the head of growth, because I do feel like we right now to grow, to optimize, right? And to grow in a smart way, we need someone who's constantly- That's external growth. Who's going to operate this business? I see what you're saying. So I- feel like when we built our model, so I have a business degree and like I, I, we've really focused on this model. And again, I agree with you 100%. I think women um, are are much more conservative um, and guys kind of like tell this whole story and women are like, well, this is, <laughs> this is what I see and this is exactly how it's going to be. And we, you know, we want to be really honest with you. Um, and, but yeah, if you gave me a million dollars, I could do am- like amazing, amazing things. So I think let's flip that yeah. as well. Is that if I am a publisher, my question is, are you going to be able to handle this account, oh, right? Yeah. Do you have enough runway? Do you have enough working capital? Yeah. Do you have, and so that's mm-hmm. one of the things I'm going to look yep. at if this company so is well financed. So, so, yeah. um, so we have built the model to be, to continue to keep the overhead really low um, because this product actually is very, um, it, it, just adding more publishers doesn't need more headcount. So I'm going to push back a wee bit on okay. this because it's a point person for the publishers to know they have somebody in the company, right, that is going to be handling every count, yeah. is going to work with the, you know, with the calendar, is going to work with the pub dates, right? Um, so I think that that is a critical piece of this, especially if that's one of your main levers, which it is. That's a very good point. And I don't think we kind of built that person in. I think I always just assumed okay. I would take it on. It's decision time. After a strong start to her pitch, Max faced some tough questions about her business plan. Has she allayed the investors' concerns? Charles is up first. I think you've got really good product insights. And for a two-person team, this is a really impressive product. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know how large of a catalog you need to span zero to seven, but it looks like just from peeking at the the app, you've got already a, a pretty good content strategy. And like my biggest concern is kind of what I think Michael hinted as, I would want to see some real rigor around the plan. Yeah. So given where you are, I think I'm going to pass. But with the caveat, you're very much in my sweet spot in terms of yeah. progress, <clears throat> round size, um, the amount of capital you want to raise. But if I could get comfortable with sort of the rigor and the plan and where you think you'll end up, I'd be happy to, to take a, a closer look at investing. Can I follow up with you Absolutely. and show yeah. you everything? Mm-hmm. And yeah, awesome. That'd be great. Charles is out. Next up, Nicole. It's a great, ingenious, okay. um, 
solution. I think it's and like, so I would keep it to what it is, like yeah. just make it the best book reading Netflix of of children's books in the market and just dominate that and do it through diversity and languages and keep making it better. And I think it's great. I think I think it's definitely an increased trend where more parents seem to be away, or maybe it's just the people I hang out with. Um, So I I think you're going to ride that trend as well, which is really good. For me personally, um, I think it makes a lot of sense for you to try to raise some capital from the publishers and focus on the publishers or raise capital from someone who can help you bring on more publishers or more content. I I just struggle where I could add value here. Um, so, so for that reason, I have to pass just because I can't see myself adding value besides telling everybody I just found this really cute app that's really great. Nicole passed. It's Jillian's turn now. As you know, um, from my background, this is, you know, my, my, one of my sweet spots is literacy, um, but also obviously the publishing industry. Um, so I do want to see more rigor around this, and I do want to better understand this business model. Um, I also don't want this to be a one-trick pony, yep. you know, right? But I want to know the the partnership with the publisher. I want to see how they're perceiving this, where they see relationship, and do they see that this is value enough for them to um, contribute marketing dollars? And what does that look like? But this is worth it because if this really is um, – the real deal and there is very and and we can go to market with this um i could see how an investment from me would help you a lot so um i'd like to help thank you i really would like to help but i need to understand and and know what i don't know yeah absolutely and i will follow up with you as well to make okay. sure that you have everything you ask us. then we will follow up in the next chapter Ooh. oh wow with a parting pun jillian is out Michael is the last investor standing. I mean, you, you know, the time I've spent here uh, on this podcast, I, I think you're one of the most genuine, nice in work uh, and, and entrepreneurs that we could work with. I think you're very smart. I think you're kind. I think you're doing this because you really love it. I think you believe in your company. Um, you know, I'll say to you what I've said to a number of entrepreneurs. It always costs more. It always takes longer. You know, uh, you should... Uh, you know, focus on your strengths and hire your weaknesses, uh-huh. and maybe you need a little help with operations and bring it together. My instant gut on your on your product is is excellent. It's like an eight out of ten already. How do you make it better? I think uh, the person who wins the content is going to win, and that's why uh, you know this is the whole thing with Netflix and, and mm-hmm. now Disney, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 the, and the publishing rights in here is going to be the king, and so you're going to have to get very very forceful on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure I'm the right investor for you. I'm not sure what I can bring to you. I can bring my seven nephews and nieces, and I will actually go home, and if you set me up an account, I will give this a try. Yeah, absolutely. Um, For now, I'm going to pass, but I am going to take a deeper look at this, and if I can get a little more excited, uh, I may come in later. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Thanks, Max. Nice to meet you. After a strong start and a lot of enthusiasm, Max went 0 for 4 with the investors, which just goes to show pitching ain't easy. After Max leaves the room, the investors keep the compliments coming. Wow. I really like her. That was a very, very cool app. Yeah. I, I, I could see people using that all day. You know what, though? I like... I, I'm not. I think the only way to to create a moat is to cr- get those publishers in because yeah. yeah, we all know that yeah. you can. I didn't absolutely. buy her story, and I guess I should have called it out in there that somebody couldn't reproduce it technically because yeah, you can. We we all said. know we can have five developers it. do it in five yeah. months. Yeah. 
It's yeah. if, if if she has the publishers, the it doesn't matter. She can have right. a worse product if she owns the publishers. She needs yeah. one motherload publisher. She needs Random House and Penguin, which is now. Merged. I totally agree. She needs one of those, and to start with, either I mean, I have some ideas on this. Bring that to her, then it's sure. worth the investment. If Max can ink those deals with publishers, she'll write her own happily ever after. Coming up, we tell the rest of this story. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. As rewarding as it may be, small business owners have a lot riding on their shoulders. It's a lot of stress to own, run, and grow your small business, not to mention finding someone who can give you the answers and support you need. But State Farm agents aren't just there to understand your small business needs, they're there to prioritize them and help create personalized plans with your needs in mind. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. We caught up with Max two months after she pitched to find out the latest from Caribou. Everything has happened with Caribou. It's been great. Um, so first of all, uh, we we went to D.C. Um, we beat out 75 other uh, countries um, and 19 other finalists to be the global champs of the 1776 Global Pitch Competition. So 75 different um, cities compete locally, and then um, they picked uh, a bunch of us to be in the semifinals, and then we got to the finals, and we went to D.C., um, and we all pitched our little hearts out, and uh, this Latina from Miami took the prize home, the number one prize. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay, cool. Well, what else has happened? Yeah. So because of that, um, if you remember uh, during the pitch, uh, Michael was like, why aren't you raising the, you know, a million? Like you probably need a million. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Um, And so we actually have increased our round to a million dollars and we are 80% committed um, because people literally have been throwing cash at us. Yeah. It's been great. (laughs) Holy crap. Okay. Well, cool. So 80% of your round committed, like that has to feel really good. It feels amazing. Um, as a female founder, um, you know, we get, uh, I think it's 0.2% of venture capital funds. And as a Latina, I get 0.004% of uh, venture funds. So the ability to to kind of be out there saying, um, you know, being a role model and saying we can do this too um, is, is like amazing to me. So one of the things I want to follow up with was uh, Charles had asked to be followed up with after the fact. Uh, how did that go? Yeah, so we're uh, still in talks with Charles. Um, so that um, has been moving forward. 
Um, and then Jillian was definitely, um, you know, kind of the most strategic investor in the room, given her background in publishing and media and um, and her focus on female founders um, and and just her enthusiasm through the the episode. I was just like so like I was feeding off of that. She's just amazing. So I think in your pitch, like the investors, like universally across the board, like they loved, loved, loved your product. I mean, like you got like a Michael Hyatt rating of like eight out of 10, <laughs> which is yeah, that a, was a truly impressive feat. Um, <laughs> but it seems like where things fell apart in your pitch is when like it seemed like they were thinking you were thinking too small and that you needed to raise more money, build out a bigger team and like really go hard to get the big publishers on board. People like Random House. Do you think they were right that you were thinking too small? I think um I think it's yes and no. It's a combination of, you know, sometimes we we dream big and that actually works. Um and investors like buy into the big dream and and the idea and and they go with you. And then sometimes you you dream big and people are like, "Well, that's crazy and unrealistic and we don't understand how you're going to get there." And even when you show them the numbers and the and the plans and projections, um there still is a lot of implicit bias in the system and sometimes they don't think you personally can get there or your team can get there or um they they just have a bias against the the industry you're in. Um, and so, you know, we've, we've had to kind of temper, uh, some of the, the things that we've, we've planned for. And, um, and I think that's a, that's a mistake, right? Like that's something that I don't ever want to do again. Like, I just want to like be really true to myself. So you're saying like you'd learn to set your expectations a little bit lower and to not dream as big because like people just weren't getting on board with your vision in the way that you wanted them to. And that then like, so then you course corrected down <laughs> and then like a pitch to other people with like a more reasonable vision. And then, of course, their reaction is the opposite. Like you need to think bigger. And that's kind of what happened in the room. Yeah. And it's I, I call like I have a word for it. It's called investor whiplash. So and you're just like you get to a point where you're just like, you know what? Like I know what I need to do for my company. I know what's going to take me to the next level. Um, and and I just want to i you know i think also the amount of the round that we were raising was was my kind of trying to protect the the equity um but i i'd rather be uh the owner of you know like i'd rather have like 10% of like a 30 billion dollar company than uh you know 90% of a 3 million dollar company so i've i've kind of had to shift my ways as well i feel like the big like push behind they're thinking like you need to go bigger, think bigger with this thing was on the publisher side. Like, where's the plan there? Like if let's say you raise this million dollars, like what do you do next? Yeah. Um, so, and that was Jillian's big point, right? Is she's like, you need someone to manage all these publisher contracts. And I was like, actually we don't like our publishers are, are pretty easy to manage. Um, we, we do it. We've got over 20 publishers right now and um, we do it pretty well. I mean, they don't bother us that much that we, you know, send them their checks and they're pretty happy. <laughs> um, but we, I mean, we brought on at least five publishers since we pitched um, on your show and two of them are huge brands, Sesame Street, and um, we're bringing back Mattel with new content. Um, and I do, I do hear Jillian in, um, in the next year, we are probably going to need someone, um, who's not only sourcing new content, but also managing, uh, the publishers that we have. Uh, and, but I think right now, um, that's like kind of like my third or fourth, um, hire. 
How big is your team right now? Still two. Still two. <laughs> We've accomplished so much with two. It's like insane. Um, but but yeah, I mean, we we do need we do need more people now. So Max is awesome. And I thought she did an outstanding job in her pitch. And come to think of it, the investors seem to feel the same way. So why didn't she walk away with some serious cash? The answer probably comes down to this. It is really hard to pitch to investors. Wait, let me rephrase that. It's actually really easy to pitch to investors compared to how freaking hard it is to get investment. It's like Phil said a few weeks ago, it's gotta be a hell yeah, not just a yeah, when there's hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line. But it sounds like she's on her way, and I can't wait to hear the next chapter of Caribou. Hey, I want to say a quick thanks to everyone who already filled out our new survey. We're literally overwhelmed by their response and we'll be diving into the data here soon. One last bit of exciting news. Right now, we are casting for our next recording event to be held in New York City in June. So if you know of a startup that's doing something truly groundbreaking and new, we'd love to hear about it. You can give us a tip by sending an email to the pitch at gimletmedia.com with the subject line startup tip. And if you're a founder with your own startup, you can fill out our application at thepitch.show slash apply. Our show is produced by me, Josh Muccio, Molly Donahue, and Kareem Maddox. We are edited by Devin Taylor and Blythe Terrell. We are mixed by Enoch Kim, original music composed by The Musemaker. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Thanks to Lisa Muccio for planning the recording of this pitch. We discovered Caribou because of an introduction from Matt Stevenson from Code to College in Austin, Texas. And as a reminder, no offer to invest is being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. All right, you've been listening to The Pitch from Gimlet Media. We'll be back with a brand new episode next Wednesday. This episode of The Pitch was brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you've been listening to our show for a while, you can tell every business owner has a unique set of problems to solve. That's why small business owners want someone to not only understand, but prioritize their needs. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know how to help you choose personalized plans to fit your needs and budget. They get it, plain and simple. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.